may be seated. <clears throat> we were talking about last, last Sunday morning, we started about getting rapture ready and talked some, and then this morning kind of reiterating uh, what we had talked about in uh, <clears throat> getting ready for a catching away. And, and we talked about the difference in godly sorrow and in a, a sense of repentance, uh, the godly sorrow that leads to repentance versus a sense of remorse or sadness and uh, we went through a lot of the verses and a lot of the things I think uh, <clears throat> slide we'll start at uh, see slide number 22 if you don't mind uh, we'll go to we'll slip skip forward to where we left off this morning and I mentioned earlier that worldly sorrow brings death or remorse I'm sorry for what what I did. I'm sorry for what happened. I'm sorry for uh, I shouldn't have done that. And yet, and we've all had to repent. You've all had to ask for forgiveness. We've all had to say, I'm sorry. I'm sure we've all at some point felt uh, bad about what we have done and wished that we could have a do-over and wished that I would not have been clouded by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, whatever it was that made me uh, act uh, inappropriate or say or do something or act in a way that somehow brought a sense of, uh, you know, remorse later. Uh, a sense of, man, I wish I could have avoided that. Man, I wish. And if you have not ever felt that, then there's something wrong with your feeler because everybody should have experienced that at some point in time. But godly sorrow is a little different from that. Godly sorrow that leads to repentance is not a sorrow that's just I'm sorry I got caught, but it's a sense of, I want to change my life. Lord, help me to change. Lord, help me to have a new direction. I want to be free. And it includes forgiveness. It forgives others. It makes you clean on the inside. They were singing the choir song tonight. You know, it starts on the inside. And that's why Paul, when he wrote to the church in Hebrews or the Hebrew saints, he said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And then he goes into fornicators or profane persons as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how afterward he would have inherited the blessing, but he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears and I know at times individuals have misunderstood that verse and they have looked at that verse and said wow you can reach the point where you no longer can repent 
And then when you study Esau and when you look at the life of Esau, you find that that's not what that verse has reference to in its entirety. As a matter of fact, we know Jacob and Esau and Jacob tricked Esau and had him sell his birthright for a, a bowl of beans and, and then that was fine. And then the day came when the dad was afraid he was dying and, and he thought, I, I'm, I'm actually going to die. I'm getting blind. It's all over. And so he tells Esau, go kill me a deer and fix it and I, I'll God bless you. And of course, Jacob's mother knew that in fact, Jeff felt like Jacob should receive the blessing. And so she prepared lamb and, and Jacob put wool uh, on his arms and went in and tricked Esau who was blind. Remember the story. And then the Bible, when you read it in the book of Genesis, comes in. And Esau says, oh, father, and he starts crying, bless me, bless me, I want to be blessed. And he says, and the Bible is even clear about it, he also says, and after you die, I'm going to kill my brother. For what he took from me. He was not truly repentant. He was, you know, old saying, I don't know if y'all had it when I was growing up, it was called crocodile tears. Anybody <laughs> ever heard that one before? You know, I, you know, I don't know, if, I guess because crocodiles don't cry. That, you know, they're saying, you know, you're making up that you're pretending to be upset. But the point was, he said that he sought it carefully. He found no place of repentance. Why? Because it's more when, when, when you are experiencing godly sorrow, it's not remorse. It's not from the teeth out. It is Lord change me from the inside. I want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. I want you to wash me from the inside to the outside. I want the Holy Ghost to flow through me. I want to be cleansed from the inside out. This is not just something that I do whenever I feel bad on a Sunday morning but it's I want to live in a state where Lord you are washing my mind, my heart, my actions. You are cleansing me at all times. And that's where it's different. That's why the Bible says that Esau could find no place of repentance. It was not that the Lord would not allow him. It is that he was so bitter. He was so angry. That stupid brother of mine, he's cheated me before. He's been the one. He's cheated me. I can't stand him. I don't like what he's doing. And so that's why Paul would say these things like, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it and the lust thereof. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Let me be the first to explain to you that sin will try to dominate you. You will be a slave. And you can say, well, I can be angry and sin not. But let me tell you, it's a fine line. You get angry and before long you are sinning. 
if you're not careful. you got to make sure you're staying full of the Holy Ghost and godly sorrow because I want I want you to understand it's got to come from the inside. It's got to come. you got to say, Lord, wash my mind. Oh, that man, that made me mad. That upset me. That got me. That got my goat. That whatever word you want to say. And then you got to say, Lord, but oh God, cleanse my heart. I don't want to get a root of bitterness. I don't want anything to get stuck in me. Why? Because I want to be ready to meet you when the when the rump when the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place. I want to leave. I want to be able to say, Lord, you're to look at me and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's why in the book of Joel that prophesied about the coming of the Holy Ghost and talked about the great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But before he gets to the verses where we stammer, all the verses that are says upon my children and I'm going to pour out my spirit and all of that. In Joel the second chapter, earlier in that chapter, he says something along these lines. He says, let me, let me tell you. He says, uh, now, therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious, merciful, slow to anger of great kindness, repenteth him of the evil, who knoweth if he will return and repent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. What are you saying? Why are you doing all of that? We're not trying to buy God, we're not trying to you know, but it's becoming zealous to say, Lord, we want you to turn. We want you to turn. Oh, Lord, we know you are gracious, merciful, slow to anger, full of great kindness. Oh, Lord, I would rather, I would rather, and that's what the, the paradox is. I would rather die daily and be like I'm going down in baptism daily and the old man passing away than at some point for the Lord to say, I'm sorry, I didn't know who you were. In this hour, rend your heart, tear your heart. You say, well, I don't want to get emotional about it. I, I don't want to get all upset about it. Well, he was saying, I want, that was the Old Testament. And then he talks about pouring out his spirit. That's why when Paul told Timothy in, in, the, in the second chapter, in the second book of Timothy, where he tells him, Timothy is afraid and he's battling fear and he's battling all these things. And he tells him, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And then Paul says, Timothy, I want you to know I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. What is the crown of righteousness? Righteousness is being right with God and doing right. I want to get a crown of righteousness. I want a crown of righteousness. I want the Lord to say, well done. 
You were doing right and not to be only, but all of those who loved and yearned for and welcomed his appearing, his return. What do you say? If we're going to be ready in this hour, we've got to wake up every morning and say, Lord, we're looking for your return. We're hungry to see you come back. You say, oh, well, not right now. The stock market, right? not right now. I've got this job right now. I've got this. Listen, every day I ought to wake up and yearn. Lord, I can't wait till you come back and everything, all the death, all the sadness, all the sickness, all the tears. I'm looking for that return. You say, well, pastor, do you really believe it? You know, and I told you, I grew up and uh, preachers preached and that it wasn't about how looking for his return. It was about hellfire was coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I think their job was to scare it out of you. And I, I get it, but in this hour, if we're going to be ready, you remember we used to sing the old song, Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There Of his saving grace on the glory cares all past. How many want cares to be all past? How many ready to go home at last? Oh, what are you saying? I, I know we don't say that's an old hymn that we don't sing that song very much, and you know, beautiful singing on the inside and all of that. But I want you to understand there's got to be a cry that's going to come from the church at some point. Oh, I want to see him. If you'll read the history of the children of Israel before the Lord sent deliverance, the Pharaoh, it got tighter and tighter. Why do you think everything is, the pressure is cooking in the world and the, all of the signs and all of the, in fact I, I read where, where just, I don't remember who it was, but a blurb came across my phone today that that uh, President Biden's team said that we need to form a one world corporate track structure. So that the whole world taxes every business the same and then they don't have a choice to move from one country to another. And that came across my phone today, folks. What are you saying? It's happening. Things are coming together. We, you know, chrysalum, you name it. Things that are going on. You say, oh, I want to see him. God, help the church in this hour to say, Lord, we are hungry. We are yearning. We want you to come. We want you to send one last great revival. Send one great last great pour out of your spirit. We are excited about the hour we're living in and we know you're soon to come again. You say, but oh, pastor, do you really believe it? I, I do. I, Ezekiel said, the Lord said, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem. You say, well, 
The mark of the beast is coming, and I know people are afraid the vaccine and other stuff's the mark of the beast. I want to tell you, you're going to get some kind of mark. You're either going to get marked by God, or you're going to get another mark. Ezekiel said, go through the city in the midst of Jerusalem, set a mark on the foreheads of who? Those that. What did he say? Sigh and cry. For all their, it didn't say for their abominations, but for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Whew. You read on down in that chapter and he said, I want you to go to both the young men, the old men, the maids, the women, the children, anybody that doesn't have a mark. What did he say do to them? Kill them. Slay utterly. And you know where he said he's going to start? Beginning where? At my sanctuary. I don't want to get all bent out of shape. I want to be encouraged. I want to be made feel good. I want to feel woo. Then I hate to tell you, but he said, Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. All the elders. All, you, uh, all of us elders, all of us, guess who he starts with? Am I sighing and crying? Am I saying, oh God, wash us, cleanse us? I know we had prayer this past week. I was at the conference, couldn't come. We have prayer meeting on Friday. I understand ladies have prayer. What are you saying? It, it, in Malachi, he wraps up before his 400 years of silence and said, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of them that feared the Lord and thought on his name, and all they shall be mine, saith the Lord. And that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son. And you say, why? Because there's just something about, I don't know, the Lord told the, the parable in Luke the 18th chapter of the woman that had the unjust judge, remember the parable, and yet she kept going to him. Morning, noon, and night, she kept bothering him, bothering him, bothering him. And finally the unjust judge said, I can't take it anymore. Now what are you saying? Our God is not an unjust judge but if there was ever a mandate that we ought to if my people which are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and if we will do what we know to do oh God in the midst of all of this Lord we want you to come quickly we want you to move we want you to touch we want you to fill oh Paul, as Simon Peter said it like this as he wraps up his book, he said, since all these things are in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you be? In the meanwhile, in consecrated, holy behavior, devout, godly qualities, while you wait and earnestly long and expect and hasten. The coming of the day of God by reason 
of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. He said, if there's nothing else that will motivate you, remember what's going to happen to this world. And I understand our world is full of people that are afraid of global warming and global this and global that. And I have told folks, you know what? Global warming's a reality. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. The earth is going to, whatever, asteroids, you name it, it's going to happen. Revelation's already proven it. Guess what? We ought, to, we ought to say, I want to be on the other side. One of the saddest characters, Sunday school kids think about him and learn about him and Samson. And sad, sad man, the testimony of a great leader who was dragged down by loose living, the lust of the eyes, pride of life. He never, you know, Delilah and others, and he, he, he could never get past his own desires. His own desires kept him from doing what God called him to do. Until he reached the point of his death, and in his death, the Bible is very clear, he killed more Philistines in his death than in all of his life. When they put his eyes out, he grabbed the pillars and pulled them down. I believe the Lord has a mandate for me, for us, and that is it's time for us to die. Die to ourselves. And just in one last press before the coming of the Lord to say, Lord, we want to do everything we can for your kingdom, for your glory. However long it takes before the rapture of the church. Oh, it's going to be years. I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I see the signs and it looks like everything's wrapping itself around. And when I get a text in the middle of the afternoon that says, you know, we're now pushing for 133 countries to agree on a global tax on, on corporations. I, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, oh, Brother Shostrand, is that going to be the coming? I don't know. All these things are in place to bring about one leader, one government, one. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Let's stand. Thank you for being here. Hallelujah. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, tonight's a great night.